Holy Spirit, we honor your presence with us, and we turn our hearts to you. We ask that you give us eyes to see where you're at work, ears to hear where you're calling, and faith to follow where you lead. Amen. Who are you becoming? We're always becoming someone. Every day we face countless decisions in which we're always deciding who we're becoming. How, where we spend our money, how we handle conflict, what we eat, how our food was grown, how to spend our free moments, when to say yes and when to say no. So much choice. And every choice carries with it the possibility of growth and becoming. So how do we move through life making these choices? How do we manage to make the number of decisions that are demanded of us every day? How do we keep growing in the direction that we know we want to? How do we become the version of ourselves that we want to be? Historically, this is where law comes in. I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> but I think a lot of times when there's law for us as Westerners, we think things get pretty black and white. We tend to think of it as do's and don'ts, yes and no, right and wrong. But if there are any lawyers in the room, I think you can probably attest with me that the law, the law is a lot less black and white than you might think. But instead of being a set of boxes for right and wrong, maybe we can take the law and flip it on its side these boxes on their side, and see the law instead as more of a trellis, a trellis to support us as we climb and grow. Think of a rose garden climbing up a beautiful backyard trellis. The law brings structure and support, even direction, but not life. Life is an earth, and the plant is a part of earth. Life expresses through the vine as it stretches further and eventually as it blossoms. That life, capital L life, is in us too, compelling us always to reach out and expand and bloom on and around the structures that we've created. In today's gospel reading, Jesus interacts with the law of his tradition, also the law of the tradition of the crowd who's listening to him, thousands of people. And he takes these old boxes for making righteous choices, old familiar boxes you've heard and said, and he flips them on their side, adding another dimension to this law. He raises the bar for righteous choices just from just the bare minimum of what the law allows by bringing it instead into our hearts. He says to everyone who's angry, be free of the murder in your heart. To everyone who's in conflict, go reconcile with your siblings, make peace. To everyone who wants to know exactly where the line is, where they can justify their sexual behavior, he says, is it loving? Or have you made another person into an object for your own pleasure? Jesus' whole point in elevating the law here is the same as what we heard in our first reading today. 
decision that you make in your little L life. So you have the same word in English for our individual experience as the same force that compels us all forward. Big L life is expressed in you as your perfect, unique expression in your little L life. Make sense? So when your guiding principle is choosing life, the idea of righteousness gets a little more complicated than just not breaking the rules. So Jesus does this sort of level up with the law and his teaching. Like, if you think you've got it mastered and sorted, if you think you have righteous living figured out, good news, there is always more room to grow. You may think that you can live like blamelessly by the law's standards, but are your thoughts bringing life? See, the point isn't getting it right. The law isn't about being good enough or meeting some ancient expectations of a far-off heavenly judge. The point is who you and who this world are becoming. You're always becoming someone. None of us is static. Life is full of opportunities to grow and evolve. I think the human experience might just be one giant opportunity to become. And nothing about you or your life is separate from the life of the world or the people sitting in the pews around you. As you become, so does the world. Why does this matter so much? What if I feel content with the life I lead or my contribution to the world? Or what if I missed my chance? What if I missed my season and it's too late for me to grow? I'm always hesitant to make absolute statements like this, but this wisdom has held true through so many different iterations of my own belief systems and faith journey. And that's this. The most dangerous place to be on a spiritual journey is to have arrived. The most dangerous place to be on a spiritual journey is to have arrived. Which is kind of a bummer because we're kind of always hoping for the relief of being finished, right? So why? Why is this sense of arrival so dangerous? Well, it just isn't the nature of life to have arrived. Life is fluid, always moving, always expanding, transforming, contracting, and your experience of life will be the same. If you have arrived, it's an illusion. Jesus invites you to examine your heart for opportunities for the stirrings of more life. If you do everything by the book with your actions, you don't, for example, lay on the horn in traffic or even curse them out loud when you're running late to your meeting and that Tesla cuts you off in traffic. <laughs> you quietly fume, though, and you start to formulate a story about how everyone's out to get me today. Just me? <laughs> Even if your actions seem right, your thoughts can still be a choice for death. Jesus teaches me that this state of my heart in traffic indicates a choice that I have made to cut myself off from life and its flow. And the tricky thing is, it's not something that I can just will to be different about myself ever tried to produce that kind of change in your thoughts and beliefs. Right, so you get it. It doesn't work to force it. 
Fear of consequences doesn't work. And I know, because I've tried. I've tried every hack at changing myself and my thoughts that there is, and I'll tell you that there is only one thing that works. To illustrate this, one of the most powerful prayer experiences that I've ever had personally left me with this insight. It's like I think if I can understand why I am the way I am, then I can do something about it. But this is me. This is it. And I can either continue the war with myself, demanding that I change, or I can learn to love myself as I'm fully loved. Love is the only thing that works, friends. Which makes sense. Because love is the expression of life. Love is the drive to grow and the growth itself. Love is the vine pushing toward on a, tre on a trellis. And love is the rose that blooms from the vine. Love is the answer. Love is the means. And love is the end. At any given moment, we have the choice. Life or death. Love and connection, or self-righteous isolation. We always have a choice. What do we want to become? What do we want to align ourselves with? Will it be something bigger than ourselves? As the world around us seems to disintegrate further into fear and disconnection, of love.